Reformation 500 years since that pivotal moment. Still celebrating. Thanks be to God for his word, the truth of his word that still shapes us today. And uh, many events going on around the world have gone on around the world in uh, remembrance of that special event, the uh, 500th anniversary of the Reformation. You're listening to Faith and Family. I'm Andy Bates. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, their support of this program. Find out more about them in our sponsor section at kfuo.org. Look for CUW there. And uh, and if you get a chance, send them a thank you. Say thanks for supporting Faith and Family on Worldwide KFUO. In studio with me today, the Reverend Dr. Joel Leyenbauer. He's director of the Commission on Theology and Church Relations for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod and also uh, avid world traveler as well. <laughs> Dr. Leyenbauer, welcome back. Oh, it's always great to be with you, Andy. If if this is the place I'm supposed to be at this time on this day, that's you know I'm doing well. <laughs> you you have been. Uh, you don't know what time zone you're in, do you? <laughs> Sometimes I, I prefer not to know. Actually, <laughs> as long as I'm awake, don't tell me where, what time it's supposed to be, or it is where I'm I'm living most of the time. So we have been observing and and celebrating the 500 year anniversary of the Reformation. The um, well, the the 500 years since. Uh, Martin Luther posted his 95 theses for reform, for discussion, for uh, for consideration in uh, what he considered abuses in the church, right. and so that it would that it would be all about Jesus, and that's what the Reformation is still about today. It's still all about Jesus. You had a chance to travel uh, to uh, for some of those uh, observances and celebrations. Uh, what, you were in Germany for that, is that right? Yes, I was. I was there last week. I'd been to Wittenberg several times before for various meetings and occasions, but just so happened that uh, there were a couple of meetings and a number of festivities there right over the big day and the big weekend that I was privileged to be a part of. So it was... It was very cool. It was very special to be in Wittenberg and standing in front of the castle church and the doors. I mean, they're, they're not the same doors, but, you mm-hmm. know, it's the same church. And um, to just kind of reflect on uh, the historicity, the significance of that event right there where Luther walked. So it was pretty special. It was different because Germany, you know, is is quite a secular place these days, and they're not all interpretations of Luther or recognitions of Luther are sort of the way we would prefer them to be. And mm-hmm. there's even some uh, negative, um, you know, per- perspectives on Luther that come out of that culture related to different kind of things that he said or did that maybe some of which are, are regrettable even, you know, so... Uh, for example, at the end of his life, many people know he, he out of frustration, said some things about the Jews that uh, weren't very helpful or constructive. And some of that has been, you know, was used by people in history to justify even worse things and acts. And so those kinds of things were getting a lot of attention in mm-hmm. Wittenberg at that time, too. So it was a kind of a mixed bag of, of different kind of observances of Luther, but there was much positive there and there was a lot of opportunity to celebrate and to observe. And, and so, again, just being there was was very special. It was memorable. I'll never, I'll never forget it. And, um, and yet the jet lag continues here. So, you know. <laughs> the... For us, the the uh, remembering the the 500th anniversary of the the Reformation is is about the the truth of God's word. Right. It's not even specifically about Luther, the man exactly. himself. While he was certainly key in 
Mm-hmm. What happened is God used him mm-hmm. uh, to bring to light the truth of God's word and how it had been neglected. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the Reformation isn't about a man named Martin, uh, but rather about Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not about doors that obviously had to be replaced because there were too many notices posted to them. Right. Yeah. Uh, now, you said you were at various meetings. Did you keep in tradition and call them diets? We we did not. And, okay. and to be honest, uh, <laughs> I didn't diet much in the other sense of the term either. When I was in Germany, I enjoy German food and German drink a little, you know, more than I, I should probably. But when you're there, you feel like, hey, I'm here, you know, I've got to partake. And so uh, no, no, no diets in any sense of the word. But we did have some productive meetings and some wonderful worship opportunities there. Uh, so again, I was I was thrilled to be there. And and but I appreciate your point, too. It is true. It's not about Luther. We're thankful mm-hmm. to God for the wonderful way that he used this man. But uh, in some ways, these negative portrayals of Luther, you know, you could say prove the point, you know, that, that he's we're man, all, that we're he's sinners, mm-hmm. you know, and he was a sinner too. And he said and did sinful things. And uh, some of them were, you know, were, were very, you know, unhelpful. And so we don't worship him. We confess our sins. We, you know, kind of recognize his failures and shortcomings. And that's why we celebrate above all the gospel of Jesus Christ and His grace and His and, and His um, the justification that He accomplished for us. We don't try to justify things that Luther said or did that were wrong, even as we don't try to do that for ourselves and and uh, shouldn't. But uh, the Reformation is about the justification that God made possible for us in in Jesus. Justification, right? The the at the heart of the Reformation, that that was the the key issue. It sounds like uh, a justification. What are well? What were misconceptions about justification um, at the time of the Reformation mm-hmm. that that Luther was addressing uh, at, at that time? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think most people are familiar, if they don't know a lot about the history of the Reformation or whatever, they probably maybe at least have heard of this whole issue of indulgences, Absolutely. You know, which mm-hmm. was very real at that time and, and was, a, was a key instigator for Luther actually posting his theses. A guy named Tetzel, who was sort of a master salesman. He was a crafty guy. He was a fundraiser for the church. And there was a, now without going into all the historical details, there was a real push right at that time, just before Luther posted his theses, to raise a lot of money to build a fancy church for an important, powerful church guy. And so Tetzel was commissioned to go around and really make the push, you know, make the fundraising push. And he was given a lot of leeway to, you know, make available these indulgences, were, which were things that were sold to people. You know, they pay this much money and I will give you this kind of an indulgence, which would give you however many less days, literally, as these indulgences actually spelled this out, you will have 10 less days in purgatory for you or for your loved one. So you could do this for other people too. Oh, my poor mom, you know, died and she's probably suffering in some way in purgatory and I would like to lessen her stay there. So how much would it cost me to get an indulgence that would reduce her sentence, get her more quickly to heaven, you know? Um, And you could do this for... There were, there were indulgences that were for like a million days, 
you know, um, not just for 10 or a month or a year, but uh, long periods of time if you could, you know, produce the cash. Yeah. So this was pretty serious. You know, I mean, this was crazy stuff. And people were lining up, you know, because they had, they this is what they were kind of taught, that you could, you know, in some ways buy, if not buy your way into heaven, at least buy your way out of a certain amount of, you know, suffering before you got there. And, and if you have family, if you have loved ones, particularly those who have gone before you, uh, that really appeals to uh, those who have loved ones who have gone before them that they they truly miss, that they deeply care about. I think so. I think many people were more concerned about their loved ones than they were themselves. You know, I'll deal with whatever I have to deal with. I'm not, you know, I don't worry about it right now, but I do care about my family. And I would like to see them, you know, do something for them, do something, you know, helpful and nice and loving for them. And so people were very caught up in this and it, it became really troublesome to Luther. I mean, he didn't right away in one instant come to all the recognition of his, uh, his own understanding of justification, but that bothered him more and more. You know, there was something wrong about that. You know, that 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 God is really that's the way his salvation works. And so, you know, the there was again, it was a progression of coming to an understanding of these things over time for Luther, but but I would say the whole matter of indulgences was a key initiator in all of this and a key factor in what led him to post those Statements for discussion. We need to talk about this, folks, you know, um, and he poked the bear kind of when he did that because it it's, it's all about the money kind of, you know, mm-hmm. often in many contexts, unfortunately, and it certainly was at that time as well. So there are misconceptions about justification uh, that uh, concepts of, of justification that really neglected or added to God's word mm-hmm. uh, that were really more... Uh, anthropocentric, more focused mm-hmm. on, uh, or came from man. Uh, they were of uh, their their origin is in the 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 will of man rather than of God. Mm-hmm. And then uh, moving forward to today, do we still have misconceptions about justification? No, Andy, they're all gone. They're all yeah, gone. No, there's no misunderstandings anymore. Uh, absolutely, we do. And in some ways, I guess you could say some of them perhaps are not all that different. Um, you know, they're different in terms of the contextual garb that they take on. But for you, are there people today that think in some way or another that they can buy their, you know, way into a better relationship with God or the church or people feel like, well, if I, through my great charitable acts, you know, I mean, I've, I've supported this cause or that cause, God must be happy with me uh, for doing that. I'm sure that that exists out there in various shapes and forms. Are there people out there who have an idea? You know, one of one of Luther's great insights is that we're saved by God's grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. We would all say amen to that as, as confessional Lutherans. But even these terms, grace, faith, Christ, you know, uh, I believe in Jesus. Do you? You know, I mean, what? And then you start kind of having somebody talk about who Jesus is, and you think, what? 
Jesus is that, you know? Have you ever read the Bible? You know, you, I'm talking about the Jesus in the Bible, you know, or the term faith. We were talking just before the program. One of the Bible study sessions that we prepared has to do with this catchphrase, just believe, you know? All you have to do is believe. Well, there are a lot of expressions of that out there that have nothing to do with the faith alone that Luther was talking about mm -hmm. or that the Bible is talking about, this idea you have to kind of believe in yourself or believe that everything is going to work out okay, you know? Uh, that That's not, you know, good luck with that, you know? <laughs> but it, it's not what Luther was talking about. You, know? uh, you, you mentioned some Bible studies that, that, uh, that have been prepared. Uh, what we're talking about are uh, a series of Bible studies that will be available uh, on the CTCR website mm -hmm. and, and I, I believe the uh, Lutheran Reformation website as Correct. well mm -hmm. to to take a deeper look at these topics of uh, justification um, from, a, from a number of perspectives. Mm -hmm. uh, one of them for common and wrong beliefs about justification and you were uh, starting to tap into some of those that, mm -hmm. that I think the most common one is that last one that you were talking about today that I see amplified on social media right. day in and day out. Uh, just believe, just have faith, but it's it's not about having faith in Jesus. It speaks in very ambiguous and general terms. It might mention God, but God in very uh, unclear terms, not uh, necessarily about the the one true God, the the triune God. Mm -hmm. um, and and we see this. Oh, I think in addition to social media, probably the the other place that it's. Uh, Amplified even more is in movies. Yeah, just, <laughs> I kind of we've got three little grandkids now, and you know they sit and watch these Disney movies, and they're charming and they're cute and they're well done. We all kind of you know uh, sort of enjoy them on some level, I think. But you know there is a not so subtle message that comes through in in many of those kinds of movies that is very self centered and very kind of mystical and and has these very themes in it that actually can be a little confusing, I think, to to us and to children if we don't make sure mm -hmm. that, you know, this is a movie and this is a fantasy world and, you know, there's a kind of message that comes through there. But please understand, you know, that when it comes to God and his word, uh, there, there needs to be a clear, clear distinction there and some clear teaching that um, we make sure accompanies, you know, what, right. uh, whatever else uh, they're, they're inputting, you know, so. You know, as you said that, that uh, brought to mind, as you were speaking, it brought to mind a movie from, gosh, I, I want to say it was the early 2000s. Um, and there have been a couple of uh, companies who have made various versions of um, the story of, of Moses or mm -hmm. Joseph, mm -hmm. Uh, and thinking of the, the storylines there for the confessing Christian as they watch that, they automatically, I think, impose that our understanding of Christ, you know, the, right. the viewer automatically imposes our understanding of God and Christ Jesus, the triune God in that uh, story. But for someone else who doesn't know who Jesus is, the those movies aren't necessarily going to bring that to light. No. Uh, it speaks of God in a very um general mm -hmm. way that that 
mm-hmm. really to the exclusion of who Christ is. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. When you just to talk a little more about the faith, just to focus on that, one of the things that we try to bring out in several of these Bible studies, and this is a little technical language, you know, that's another problem, even a term like justification. You know, what do people out there really even know? what we're talking about, you know, we use that term, we, we, we should not, must not assume that they do, or faith, but now is going to introduce another kind of technical term in a way, but it, I don't know quite how else to say it, is that for us as Christians, it's not about the faith itself as some kind of feeling or thing that we conjure up in our minds. It's about the object of faith, you know, what are we believing or more directly and importantly in whom mm-hmm. are we putting our faith you know i've I, I remember an illustration i heard in a sermon years ago about somebody needing to walk across a frozen lake to get from one place to another and they had to get there or they would die and so they weren't sure if the ice was thick enough but i'm just gonna believe you know well you believe as much as you want you know <laughs> but if that ice is not thick enough you're going down, buddy, you know, and you're going down. And so the the important thing is what you're trusting in, you know, the object of your faith. If it's thick enough, hey, you know, you're safe, you're Mm -hmm. alive, you're saved by the ice, you know, (laughs) not by your faith in the ice. And so it is not our faith that saves us. It's the object of our faith. And so first you got to get that right. We're not talking about something we do. We're talking about uh, Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit has wonderfully enabled us by grace alone to to put our trust in him. And then you got to go the next step, as you said, and say, well, who is this Jesus? And there's tons of confusion about that in our world today as well. The uh, that Bible study that we're the first one we were talking about. Well, that it's not necessarily the first in the series, but it's mm-hmm. four common and wrong beliefs about justification. Uh, talking about just believe, and there are other topics mm-hmm. or misconceptions that it addresses. What are some of those other misconceptions? That yeah, and another common up? thing I think is that you know um, God really only expects you to, to to do the best you can. You know, do your best and Jesus will do the rest. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, sorry, that was really bad. Yeah, that's great. You know, <laughs> we, 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 so he brings us to faith and, you know, we, we try to live a good life and, but we can't, it's a, it's another kind of confusion of law and gospel, you know, so that we get certain aspects of it right. But, you know, do the best you can and God will be pleased and satisfied. Now, of course, we, we should do the best we can, even as Christians, you know, we're supposed to try, you know, but but it isn't that that becomes then after we become Christians or before we become Christians, that becomes the standard for how God judges us. Well, you, you really tried hard, you know, you did the best you could. And so, you know, pat, pat, pat. And, and if you don't, well, that's bad. You need to try a little harder. But again, I think there are tons of people out there that operate on the basis of that kind of understanding of what God's expectations are. And the, the true law that crushes us is you, you can do the best you can all your life and you're condemned to hell. I don't know, Luther did the best he could. He, he, he himself was convinced, I was the best monk you could ever be. And I realized the, the harder I tried to do that, the worse it got because it was all about me. It was all about me trying to do the best I can. Another uh, false view that we cover is is sort of this idea that yeah I believe I believe whatever my church teaches 
you know, I'm, I'm, I don't quite know what, what it is and understand it, but it's, it's uh, the fallacy that as long as I'm kind of have this external association with an organization that is, you know, got it all together, that I don't have to worry too much about it. And I think there are people out there like that too. I joined the church. There's still kind of this idea sometimes that, uh, you know, I don't have to take responsibility for what I believe in, in, in my membership alone is, is the ticket. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and going through the rites and rituals, Mm -hmm. you know, now, of course, rites and rituals are very precious and important to us, rightly understood baptism and so on. But are there people today that just look at baptism and I got to get that done because that's one of the, for whatever reason, that's one of the things God says or the church says you got to do and you think confirmation tick you know check, check the it boxes off the list, yeah. and well what do you yourself believe i don't know you know i've i've said that's a little bit you know confusing to me but uh we, we got the important things done and we got the boxes checked um and then another one we cover here that is in a little different category but i think a huge issue today is kind of the name it and claim it the prosperity gospel stuff that's out there that if you if you really have the right relationship with God he will really be blessing you and bringing all these wonderful things into your life I won't name names here on the air but I don't think it would be too hard for people to do that they could flip on their TV at any given time and find a program that is preaching that kind of a gospel that is really, if you dig deep, I mean, people are smiling and they're happy and they look like they're all blessed, but that's a scary gospel because what if I am going through some horrible suffering? What if God isn't answering my prayers the way I would like him to? What if I uh, am not getting the outward blessings that somebody is saying should be coming to me because of my relationship with God? What then? And I, don't I have enough faith? Is there some big thing in my life that that God is unhappy with so those gospels are you know might look good on the outside but poke them just a little through the surface and and they're frightening misconceptions about justification justification uh, unjustifiable faiths one of the the Bible studies another one uh, great for this time of year very timely mm-hmm. for the uh, the time of Advent and Christmas coming up just around the corner uh, justifying Christmas yeah that's interesting and we're not talking about justifying how much you spend on Christmas <laughs> gifts which is hard to do sometimes or justifying a trip to see Santa or something or whatever you know justifying all the money you spend to light up your house and all those things but we're talking about when we think probably even as Lutherans of the doctrine of justification we probably tie it most directly to the suffering and death of Jesus on the cross well that's how he accomplished our salvation by dying on the cross and paying the price for all and that's true of course but we might not think of the doctrine of justification so much during the time of Advent and Christmas you know well that's just kind of how it all started and then eventually the important thing happened but so what we're trying to do is even at Christmas time, trying to help people understand how critical the the incarnation, the doctrine of the incarnation, God becoming flesh was for our salvation and justification. Jesus couldn't, of course, 
have suffered and died unless he had first become one of us, become a, a human being. And so this is a series of four Bible studies that we're encouraging. People can use them anytime they want, but they're lined up with the lessons that people will be hearing on Sunday mornings during the Advent season if the churches are using the Percable system. And these are pretty in-depth studies of these texts and trying to help people see how the doctrine of justification comes through even in the Christmas story or even in an Old Testament lesson that is about uh, the, the Messiah coming. And so we hope that they might be of interest and use and help people to make some connections that they hadn't made before. And another uh, set, another Bible study as well that will be available. All of these will be available for download on lcms.org slash ctcr. Is that right? And as you said, also on the Reformation website, Mm -hmm. because we did all of this kind of, of course, with 2017 in mind as well. And another one is a a PowerPoint. It's ready to go PowerPoint. Uh, These are in different formats. But this one focuses more on kind of the doctrine of justification and how Jesus is at the center of that. And uh, gets a little more in, into the, some of the historical issues that we talked about at the time of the Reformation and how they are relevant now. But, uh, you know, the PowerPoint is, is ready to go and it's going to be easy to use. And there, there are leaders' guides and study guides that go along with this. But it's only online. These things are mm-hmm. online. You can download them, use them however you want. But they're going to be very accessible for when folks do, to use. Do we know when they'll be available Yeah, we're going to kind of roll them out. So the first one that's going to be available is the Justifying Christmas Mm -hmm. one. And I think November 17th is the day that the communications department is going to have that up and available. And then Advent will come not long after that, so people can roll into that. And then the others will be rolled out, you know, month by month. Each one of them is a four-session Bible study, so if people... Pastors can have it all done till April because we got two more coming. <laughs> so you really could use one of these a month and you know have have a lot of good discussion about the doctrine of justification for the next five months of, of uh, 2017, 2018. The Reverend Dr. Joel Lambauer, Director of the Commission on Theology and Church Relations for the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod. Thank you so much for coming over, and thanks for the work on uh, you and the other folks who worked on these to prepare these Bible studies for us. Quite welcome. My pleasure. Coming up in just a little bit, a unique career choice from a Concordia University, Nebraska graduate, forensic entomology. What is it? It has something to do with bugs, right? You're listening to Faith and Family on Worldwide KFUO. Concordia University, Wisconsin, and Mequon overlooks a half mile of beautiful Lake Michigan shoreline. CUW campus is located 15 miles north of Milwaukee with over 70 undergraduate majors, 28 graduate degree programs, and doctorate programs in pharmacy, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and nursing practice. CUW offers online learning and accelerated learning at one of nine Wisconsin centers and one in St. Louis. Traditional or accelerated education, CUW has the program for you. CUW.edu. Faith and Family is a production of KFUO Radio. Christ for you anytime, anywhere, since 1924. Text the letters KFUO to 41444 to join the legacy with your tax-deductible gift. The Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, on behalf of Concordia Plan Services, Lutheran Housing Support Corporation, Concordia University System, Lutheran Church Extension Fund, the LCMS Foundation, and Corporate Synod, daily reaches out to our members and partners, working together to support our local, global, and international ministries, church workers, 
and LCMS initiatives at large to carry the mission forward and to serve each other in love. Opportunities to serve, lcms.org careers.